Perhaps no other book of the New Testament has greater relevance in the modern world than Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This short six-chapter remarkable book points us to the new and amazing reality that Jesus Christ bestowed on us. He is our peace. He has broken down the dividing wall between humanity and God and human and human. The dividing walls that we build no longer separate or define us. We are no longer bound by humanity's constructs or constraints. There's no longer Jew or Greek, free or slave, male or female, for we are one in Christ Jesus, transformed into a new humanity. A third race has been revealed by God. This new humanity invites us into a new creation, one in which we are no longer defined by the past, but claimed by God who reveals a new way, one where all people are members of God's household and where we serve as a dwelling place for God. Ephesians reveals how two bickering races that have long vilified each other, the first century Jews and Gentiles, recognize God's new humanity through Christ's peace. It is this new humanity that we claim as Christians, a new humanity that binds us together into an unlikely community. Paul, in his letter to Ephesians, is revealing both the Gentiles and the Jews alike a new reality, a new understanding, a new way of life. Chapter 2 begins with a reminder that you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of his great love in which he loves us, and even when we are dead through our trespasses, makes us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. There are moments in life where the unexpected takes your breath away. There are moments in life where the shock of seeing something so beautiful and astounding makes you freeze. And that image or memory stays seared in the depths of your heart for it seems like a lifetime. Moments of incomprehensible and unexpected togetherness are in unity that only be of God where the lion and the lamb lie together in peace. We call these moments thin places, where the veil between heaven and earth is at its thinnest. North and South Koreans, people of two countries that had been at war for a lifetime, strode together into a packed stadium in 2018 Winter Olympic Games, waving flags and symbolizing a unified Korea. An Israeli Jew, an Israeli Arab, forget their ancient animosity and fear and fight to save the life of one before them in crisis. A black man hugs a white man covered in swastikas. A Pharisee who once sought to persecute and kill all followers of Jesus now sits at the table with Gentiles who dine on pork and he too digs into a great barbecue feast. This is the miracle that is happening in Ephesus and elsewhere. 
In Jewish law, Jewish men were circumcised as a sign that they were part of God's conventional promise, chosen to lead the nations. They would not dare be caught with an uncircumcised heathen, those outside God's covenant, and whom they considered uncivilized, who worshipped pagan gods and enacted strange rituals. To think that a Jew and a Gentile might dine together, let alone reside in the same house, was preposterous and offensive to even consider. Their narratives line up in no way that would bring them together. Conflict and violence have besought these people for generations whenever these two tribes or races intertwined. Jews considered those who didn't follow Yahweh and the Torah or law akin to anarchists. Jews considered those who didn't... Sorry, say that again. <laughs> the differences and separations between these two races were countless. And so it's a small wonder that Jewish and Gentile Christians who found themselves together in the company of the church would consider such an occurrence proof or evidence of God's power. In 1969, a small wonder occurred on public television. Shocking to many Americans, but bold in its actions. It was a hot day. Two men sat next to each other in lawn chairs. Their pant legs rolled up, their feet resting in a small pool of cool water. They chatted about their day, and then one leaned over to the other and dried the other's feet. And the scene ended. This iconic TV show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and its creator, Fred Rogers, showed young children and rest of us time and again how to love yourself and how to love others boldly and without reservation. You see, that scene was powerful because Mr. Rogers had invited his friend, Officer Clemens, an African-American man, to rest his feet side by side with his own. Not only did they share this cool water, but then Mr. Rogers leaned over and in a loving and sacramental manner, he dried Officer Clemens' feet. He invited me to come over and to rest my feet in the water with him, Clemens recalls. This icon, Fred Rogers, not only was showing my brown skin in the tub with his white skin as two friends, but as I was getting out of that tub, he was helping me dry my feet. This subtle gesture showed during a time of American life when racial tensions were near explosive, how seemingly indestructible walls can be reduced to simple sand. For 25 years, Francis Clemens played a role on the beloved children's program, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Clemens joined the cast of the show in 68, becoming the first African-American to have a recurring role on a kid's TV series. Fred Rogers, who was also an ordained Presbyterian minister, worked hard to show how the hostility of dividing walls was unnecessary and that reconciliation is a life-giving narrative we all can embrace. And though he didn't preach Jesus Christ on his TV show, he certainly enacted it. Fred touched upon that new humanity that binds us together in a new community, breaking down walls into pathways that lead us to each other and make us into God's dwelling place. It's this glimpse of God's new humanity that makes us stop 
Amidst the division and the conflict that seemed so rampant in the first century and in the 21st century, and, and see Christ's peace manifest right before us. For Jesus Christ is the dividing point between who we once were and who we are now. To pass from death to life, from sin to grace, to be counted as one of the saints. Christ is now united as once separated, taking on the destructive darkness of sin and death, those dividing walls that separate each of us from God and from one another, was no fall feet, small feet. To make these hostile groups, Jews and Gentiles, one, is nothing short of miraculous. What had been separate for generations, indeed, for the whole of covenant history, was now being made into one body, the good news of Christian faith, according to the Ephesians. Theologian George Stroop says that in this broken world, reconciliation is no longer merely a dream or a longing for what once was and a hope for what someday might be, but something that is already is. It's a reality that the church attests to now and will continue to attest until God's kingdom breaks through. With keen discerning eyes, the Apostle Paul and his followers recognized that God's new reality was taking place before their very eyes and calls their readers, calls us, to remember that once we did not know God, but through sheer grace, God welcomes us all into God's covenant. Those who were circumcised and knew the law and those who were uncircumcised and considered without God, God made a way to reconcile us to God through Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Therefore, we are also made ready to reconcile with those we dare not ever consider welcoming into our own world. Who do we need to invite to our own backyard to share our pool? Christ showed us what it looks like to be those we never in a million years think to associate with. Jesus showed us that to love the broken, the outcast, the different, and the other was part of this new reality. Today, instead of Jew and Gentile, it's now right and left, conservative and progressive, mainline and evangelical, pro-life, pro-choice, pro-wall, pro-not, pro-immigrant or not. But the scripture dreams of another day. We're called to something remarkably new, to love our enemies, to stand up for those that are hindered by walls of division because of race, age, nationality, immigration status, sexuality, class, and so on. This is church. A hodgepodge of broken people that can unite together because Christ has done the hard work of breaking down the dividing walls that once separated us. The remarkable thing about the scripture is how clearly it announces that the church, potential as a dwelling place for God, depends on community, on being joined together. Just as the church then stood as a locus of reconciliation, stood for overcoming a fundamental 
deep-seated, ingrained, segmented divisions between Jewish and Gentile peoples in a world of the first century, so does the church today stand for overcoming of divisive forces in the world by tradition, class, color, nation, gender, or sexuality. The cross of Jesus draws the world in its diversity and witnesses to the wiping out, the abolition, the breakdown of that which divides. In his book, The Christian Life, A Geography of God, Pastor Michael Laval tells about a friend, Fawad Bahan, an Arab Christian pastor in Beirut after the last Arab-Israel war. In 83, Israeli armies drove into Lebanon, and members of the church began to buy all the canned goods that they could, could to survive a rumored Israeli siege. And then that's what happened. West Beirut was totally cut off. And so the season of the church, our session of the church, met to describe how to distribute the food they had purchased. Two proposals were put on the table. The first was to distribute food to the church members, then other Christians, and last, if any was left, to Muslim neighbors. The other proposal was different. First, food would be given to Muslim neighbors, then to other Christians, and finally, if there was any leftover, to church members. The meeting lasts six hours. And finally, it ended with an older, quiet, much-respected elder, a woman, who stood up and said, if we do not demonstrate the love of Christ in this place, who will? And so the second motion passed. God's new humanity was revealed. The church was at work. The church is a daring place to practice new politics, a different kind of power, the self-outpoured, boundary-crossing power of Christ's cross. We trust this power, letting it undermine every wall until we are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Our invitation is to see the walls in our lives, what prejudices we hold, what people we avoid, what situations we think are hopeless, and tear them down, empowered with God's Holy Spirit, and rebuild them into pathways leading to each other, and to live into the freedom that is Christ's love. Jesus Christ is our peace. May it be so. Amen.